Welcome to Biz Help For You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. There always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here is your host, Candy Messer. Hello, and welcome to Biz Help For You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, Stop Playing With Your Sales, informative. If you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, a link is located under the episode directory on my Voice America page, as well as links for iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. If there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to me at media at abnp.com. Now let's learn a little bit about our guest today. Carl Gold is worldwide leading authority on business and entrepreneurship. His company, Seven Stage Advisors, helps organizations grow to the next level. He's an entrepreneur who built three multi-million dollar businesses by the age of 40. Seven Stage Advisors has mentored the launch of over 5,000 businesses. Some of the companies he's helped are companies like Allstate, American Idol, USA Olympic Track, IBM, McGraw-Hill, and the U.S. Army. Carl created the farthest reaching business mentoring organization in the world, and his methodologies are in practice in 35 countries. He's trained, certified, or accredited over 7,000 business coaches and mentors since 2002. So, Carl, welcome to the show. Oh, Candy, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Well, there's a lot of information I'm sure that you could share with us. And before we get into the topic today, I would love for you just to share a little bit more about yourself and how you started to help businesses to be more successful. Sure. Well, I, I got started in my entrepreneurial career um, by, by accident, almost literally by injury, actually. Mm. Um, I was studying accounting and finance at this at the uh, University of Delaware, and um, I had a bad leg injury in my second year. And it put me out of school for six months. And since I was paying my own way, I couldn't afford to come back right away. And so um, I had to leave school and I needed a way to make some money. And, and so what I did was I started my first uh, business, which was a, land, a design build landscape um, uh, installation firm. And then um, I grew that business, uh, sold it in 1990. And then I uh, started a construction and real estate development company, which I had until 2004. Uh, but I started the business that I have today, Seven Stage Advisors, um, in its current form in 2002. But I started coaching in 1991. Um, you know, looking to better myself, I, I got involved in coaching and I became a coach all through the nineties. It was my side hustle, if you will. Hmm. Um, I hired a, uh, I hired a business coach for my construction company in 1996. And if there were hashtags back then, the hashtag would have been hang up the hammer, uh, because the <laughs> business was probably running me as much as I was running it. And, um, and so, uh, uh, so the, uh, I hung up the hammer officially in 2004, but started the business, like I said, the, the, the one that I have today in, uh, in 02. And so it's mm-hmm. been really a great ride. I, I get the chance to work with businesses from all around the world and, um, really help them achieve their dreams and goals. And that's really exciting for me. Well, you definitely have a lot of experience to be able to share with our listeners today. And obviously, with everything that's going on, there's a lot of chaos and, you know, wondering what's happening. Um, So it's a great topic to talk about, you know, how to operate your business in a crisis. So let's talk about the seasons of business. You know, how can someone best prepare for the volatility that's in the marketplace? Yeah, so um, you know, while nobody nobody ever would have predicted the 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 virus or what we're going through from a uh, from a health standpoint, the volatility in the marketplace right now is actually very very predictable. And we go through these twenty to twenty five year uh, cycles um, where uh, we we go through what they call seasons, and and there's a spring and a summer and a fall and a winter, and and winter started for us right around 2005. And it's estimated that it's going to go until about 2029. And in every winter, there are two 
corrections. Every 90 years, there is a winter. And in that winter, there are two corrections. First correction was 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. And we are in our second one right now. So, um, so that part is predictable. And now, in, when you're in volatile times, you need to have your up strategy, your sideways strategy, and your down strategy. So you are well prepared. And so when the market's going up, consumer confidence tends to track it. And, you know, where the economy tends to follow the health of the stock market and vice versa. And so when the market's going up, uh, you need to have a premium strategy, where, a premium price strategy where uh, you're offering done-for-you services and VIP and exclusive um, uh, upgraded services because people will trade their money for convenience during times of abundance. When you're going down, um, you need to have uh, bundling. You need to have groups and subscriptions and membership-based um, monthly recurring and annual recurring revenue model because when the market is going downward, it is deemed irresponsible to buy something retail. So you have to, uh, and there's safety in numbers, so you have to have that offering. And then when the market's going sideways, people are paralyzed. And so what we need to offer them is a risk-free way in order to work with us. And, mm-hmm. and so we need a freemium model or a risk, risk-free model because we need, you know, because they're paralyzed and we need to get them off the, you know, off of, uh, of, of, of off the sidelines and get them in the game buying from us. So during that volatility, we need to prepare that menu of options for every budget and every appetite. So as the market moves around and it goes up and down and sideways, we have an option for our clients to engage with us. That's a great tip. And I don't think I've ever heard about seasons of business before and how long, you know, that lasts. Of course, you hear about market volatility and ups and downs, but to have known that there's this pattern and there's these four seasons was really in- interesting to hear, actually. Yeah, it's been good. It's, the, the, it's a predictable pattern that's gone back for 500 years. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> without, mis- without missing a beat. Without missing a beat. It's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, for sure. Well, and I know that we wanted to talk about, you know, some of the dynamics that would lead a business to finding itself in the crisis. So can you touch on that? Yeah, you know, um, crises are uh, like any other external marketplace or, or uh, other otherwise pressure, like legislative or, or you know, health or, um, or uh, what am I trying to say, uh, weather event. You know, these are external pressures and our business has to be ready to manage any external pressures. And so, you know, it, what leads us into a crisis is we don't have enough financial cushion or buying power. You know, we don't have enough cash flow. We don't have, ca- sorry, cash reserves. We don't have enough, um, we don't have enough, um, uh, you know, buying power, lines of credit, funding to get us through six months of a storm, whatever that means, right? Um, and when I say storm, meaning six months of downtime or, or disruption, you know, that's one. The other thing is we might not have a strong enough understanding of what our client wants and we might not have built into our model enough price elasticity, meaning mm-hmm. the ability to charge premiums f- with our clients that gives us enough gross margin. So if we have to add some inventory and store it or, you know, put some people on overtime to service our customers, we don't have the margin built in. So as soon as the world goes upside down a little bit, we're so sh- our business model is so stressed out and running so close to the margin that we have, we don't have a choice but to participate in the crisis. Mm-hmm. Whereas there's companies right now that are not participating in the crisis, you know, because they, they have built in diversification of how they service their customer. So therefore they're doing okay right now. But that's, mm-hmm. but if you don't do that, if you don't have that menu, if you don't build on that diversification, the crisis is going to bite you. Right. That's a great tip too. I do try to tell people also to build those reserves as well. Cause you never know when something could happen. Um, yeah. But you know, when things look good, you know, people don't always think like that's going to be necessary, but this was a big surprise very quickly. And so, yeah, some people are struggling right now. Yeah. <clears throat> so know, my, I was, my wife is British and we were, I, we're, when we were dating, I was in England, I didn't have an umbrella with me. It started to rain and I said, Hey, we should go pick up an umbrella. She says to me, you don't ever buy an umbrella in the rain. Meaning, 
you're not going to get a great selection and you're going to overpay. It's the right. same thing in business. Don't try to build your fund, your, your reserves in a crisis. You've got to do it when you don't need it. Right. right? Exactly. So, so yeah, to that point. Exactly. So obviously that's one of the mistakes, you know, that business owners may have made is not planning, you know, to have that cash reserve, but what would you consider some of other top mistakes that they might be making in their business? Well, number one, when I ask, when I ask clients about um, their ideal client, I say, tell me who's your ideal client. And they'll say, uh, men, 18 through 64, mm. women, tw- uh, 29 through 42. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. An 18-year-old male and a 64-year-old male, those are two different planets, let alone mm-hmm. different ages. You know, your message to a 29-year-old woman uh, and a 42-year-old woman, totally different. They haven't dialed in who their ideal client avatar is enough, and they haven't understood exactly what drives the purchases of each person. So what I highly recommend is you circle back and you pick an age for who your ideal client or clients are and have separate avatars. And what is your message to them, right? So, you know, what is going on in their life right now or in their business right now that makes purchasing from you a must right now? And -hmm. if you can answer that question, you probably have a better um, feel for who your ideal client is and and how best to service them right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. that's a good point. I yeah. think sometimes too, people just don't know necessarily how to define what that really is, though. It just right. can seem overwhelming because you hear different people say, you know, you should have, you know, the age and the sex and where they live and things they enjoy, but that's not always applicable to that particular business. I mean, some, yes, but some, it might be a little bit different than, you know, where they live or something like that too. Y- yeah. And so, if you to keep it simple for the purpose of your listeners today, answer these three questions and you've got a pretty good idea of what's going on in your buyer's psyche. Right? Number one is what keeps them up at night worrying? All right. Number two is what do they get yelled at for, feel guilty about, or get grief for at the end of the workday when they arrive home? And mm. number three is like I mentioned before, what scenarios or situations are occurring right now in their in their business um, or their life that makes calling you a must right now? So, for example, we have a company that's a mattress manufacturer and retailer, and they know one of the top items that gets purchased when you move is a mattress. When you mm-hmm. move home, you typically don't drag your old mattress with you because it's big and bulky. You say, oh, we're going to get rid of that. We're going to get a new one. They know that. So what do they do? They target people who have recently moved, right? New mortgage applications, new, you know, uh, building permits. There's, there's ways to track who has moved into your neighborhood. They get on that list and they say, you're, you're an ideal prospect for us because you just <laughs> moved. So we're going to target you, right? Mm-hmm. So, so if you can answer those three you know, what keeps me up at night? I can't sleep because my, my bed is uncomfortable. So, you know, uh, so these are things that will really streamline you understanding who your client is. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And I think we have time for just one more question, at least to kind of start the answer. So obviously now the crisis has hit. So what should the entrepreneur do first? First, first thing you do, I forbid you to do anything else until you do this first, do your 12 month forecast. Right? So cash flow forecast, accounts receivable forecast, and your sales forecast. So revenue and you know, sales and revenue, two different things, folks. So mm-hmm. a sale is I made the sale, we have a contract, but I haven't collected the money yet. That's cool. We want to know when those are coming in, when when those contracts are going to be signed. And revenue is when are you actually going to co- collect the revenue? And the reason why we say accounts receivable is you might have a membership-based um, uh, business or at least part of it. And so you might sign a million-dollar contract, but you get 80000 a month for the next 12 months. Look at your 12 months first. And that means going all the way out, even if it's into the next year. It's not just year-end, all the way to the next year. And see what the 12 months looks like because now you have the big picture and you can see how bad is it really, mm-hmm. right? We've been through crises where the markets dropped 30%. The economy shrunk 10, 15%. But if, you're, if, the, if the economy is shrinking 30%, but you are only going down 
2%, well, you're outperforming the market. You're probably outperforming your competition. It's not that bad, in other words. So you don't have to make drastic moves. Uh, you don't have to make drastic moves um, you know, because of that. Right, you can you can have more measured moves, and you can plan out your thirty, sixty, and ninety uh, game plan a lot better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that'd be the first thing that I would do. Mm-hmm. Great tip. One of the things I tell people also when you're planning out those forecasts is once you put together what you think your numbers are, your income, your expenses, then you should reduce your income and increase your expenses because usually people are you know looking at it kind of with rose-colored glasses, and they might end up surprised if they don't actually take a second look and really adjust what those numbers are? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you want to adjust those numbers. And what we like to see you do also, one of the big numbers will be payroll. What do you pay your team? And so we, uh, one of the suggestions that we have, especially during a crisis, a crisis is going to force you to do it. But even if you're not in crisis, you want to look at this. We like to see you staff to the valleys and subcontract to the peaks. So look at your slowest time of year right? And, and only bring on full-time employees to meet the slow time. And then look at outsourced resources, virtual ass- assistants, remote workers, or other companies that can provide those services to you um, in, in a project-by-project basis. So you keep your variable costs, as many mm-hmm. of your costs possible as variable costs, keep your fixed overheads as low as possible. Because your ability to contract the business when the economy retracts is as equal a skill as your ability to expand the business to meet demand. Perfect. And I think we'll probably be talking about that in the next segment. I just want to say one caveat um, to that independent contractors thing, too, is uh, make sure that you follow the guidelines of your state. Uh, For instance, I'm in California, and they now say if the person is performing the duties of your actual business that generates the income, they have to be employees. So you want to use a company who would have those workers rather than just hiring an individual potentially. So Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, the, the rules are changing so much. Check with your accountant in whatever locality you're in because they are the, the classification of independent contractors is, is rapidly changing. But the rules are well-defined once you know them. Staff, again, minim, minimize your overhead, your, your fixed staff, and then maximize your ability to outsource. Right. Well, it's actually time to take a break. So when we come back, we'll continue to chat with Carl about operating your business in a crisis. You're listening to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer on Voice America Internet Radio. We'll be right back after this brief commercial break. it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses, such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Biz Help for You. If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abnp.com. 
That's media at abandp.com. Now, back to BizHelp for You. Welcome back to BizHelp for You with Candy Messer. In the last segment, Carl Gold told us about his background and how he began assisting businesses with their success and also touching on what to do in a crisis. Now let's continue our discussion. So right before we went to break, you were mentioning contracting your business. So what is the best way to actually shrink operations in such a way that you can expand to meet demand when the economy starts to grow again? Right, right, right. So so the first thing we want to do, like I mentioned, was your, your forecast, right? Because then we can see how bad is it really? Is it, it, what, what are the challenges? Next thing we want to do is we want to look at cash flow. Cash is king, and I get that. Um, and, and recurring cash is King Kong, all right? So we want to protect both of those. Um, but we want to, so first thing we want to do is we want to go line by line and, um, uh, and we want, we have to assess the situation for what situation for what it is. So before we contract uh, candy, what we want to do is we want to look at every client project and prospect. And we say to ourselves, are they likely to be a client after the crisis? Yes. Are they likely going to do that project still? Is it just deferred or has it been canceled? Oh, mm-hmm. no, it's been deferred. We're still going to do it. Great. How about that prospect we're talking to? Are they likely to be in business and are they likely to be a client after this crisis? Yes. Let's assume yes for now. So what we want to do is we want to call every client that's got a, 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 a current or pending project, every prospect that's even thinking of working with us, and we're going to have the conver- we're going to have the more for same same for same, same for later conversation, and same for less conversation. In other words, we're going to say, hey, listen, I know things are tough right now, um, you know, uh, and so I can do, I can put this little inducement in there to, to uh, get that job going or that project going or continuing. In other words, I'm going to give you more for the same, more services or products for the same price. Maybe mm-hmm. that gets them moving. Or I'm going to do same for same, which means, hey, I know things are crazy right now, but I just want to let you know we're here for you. We're operating. We're working late. We're, we're on the job. You can count on us. That's same for same, right? And you'll know which one of your prospects that this message is appropriate for. And you're going to, you're going to go line by line to each one of your one, each one in your pipeline. And you're going to ask yourself, which of these four is relevant, right? So the next one is more for, uh, sorry, same for less, Meaning you go back to your clients or prospects or projects and you say, hey, listen, I can do the same amount of work. I went back to my provider, my vendor, my supplier, and I asked them for a little bit of a break. I got that break and I'm going to pass that along to you. So I can actually do this right now because I've got some time in my production schedule or they do or whatever. And Mm -hmm. I can offer you the same for less or last one is same for later, meaning, you know, uh, they so they say, well, listen, I really can't get started now. I, I, I really wish I could because um, I don't have the budget. Well, I'll right. tell you what. Why don't we get started and I'll send you a credit card authorization or an ACH and we'll defer the initial payment for two months or you can spread it out over the next year or whatever. So you want to have those four conversations right away because that'll tell you what your true what your true forecast is going to look like for the year. Because what I hear and I I don't like it when I hear it is everyone says during a crisis throw out your projections because they're not worth the paper they're written on. That's mm. baloney. They <laughs> are. They are. You've got to work through the scenario line by line. What I see is people say, "Oh, I just across the board, dropped our projection 20%. Well, why would you do that? I wouldn't mm-hmm. do that. I would go line by line first. Now we know where we're contracting right? or at what time. You might actually be busier right now, but you have to contract three months from now. This will give you great timing. So, that, so that's the first thing we do. Next thing we want to do is we want to look at, um, the second thing we want to do is we want to look at our capital. Right? Capital comes in a lot of forms. We mentioned before cash, accounts receivable, but you also have assets, right? So you, have a, you might have a building, you might have equipment, you might have leases on those or, or mortgages on those. First thing I would do is look to refinance. See if there's lower rates out there. The rates have been historically low and, and should mm-hmm. stay that way for a while. So if you can refinance and it lowers your monthly payment, it's like a tax break. 
right? right? It's almost like getting a tax break right away. Or if I can refinance, make the same payment, but they're going to give me a little extra cash if I've got some real estate, that's an infusion of cash right away. But here's another secret one. For all of you that have any assets at all, or you do research and development, you have people on staff that do research and development, um, we would recommend that you do a cost segregation and accelerated depreciation study on your business. And what that is, is that's where the IRS allows you to um, individually depreciate certain items at a different schedule. So if you buy real estate, they put you on a 39-year schedule. Well, the refrigerator inside and the lights inside, they're not going to last for 39 years. They right. actually allow you to depreciate that on a faster schedule. So what, the, and, and you can even accelerate that 39-year schedule for your building, um, in some cases, 10%, 20%, even up to 50%. Uh, but the, the engineering firm that does that for you will, will do that. So call somebody who does cost segregation and accelerated depreciation, have them do a study, They'll tell you right away if they could save you money. But what happens is because you you bring the, the, the depreciation forward on your next tax bill, you might not have to pay what you were expecting to pay. It's automatic cash in your pocket. So mm-hmm. we suggest, and a lot of people don't know about it. Every accountant knows about it, but they don't normally do them because that's a separate skill and it's a whole other business, right? right. And so, right. so find the firm that does it. And your accountant probably knows a firm that's done it. And they've all done them before. They've all had their clients do them before. But that's immediate cash in your bank if you qualify, if your business is set up that way. So I would do that right away. And then after all of that, now I've got my financial picture. I know what I'm up against. So Mm -hmm. what I'm going to do then is I'm going to go expense by expense. I'm going to look at my cost of sale first. Right, and because that's a big that's a big uh, number. Usually, my expense to close the sale, and I'm going to say, what are my highest qualified pipeline leads right now, and do I have to spend all of the marketing, all of the sales payroll to get them across the line? I'm going to I might I might prioritize my highest qualified quickest sales first, and then the people I'm going to have to chase a long time. I'm not I might not go after them right now because that's too much money to bring them across the finish line. I'm going to start with cost of sale. Then I'm going to go to cost of goods. I'm going to say, all right, to make our widget or cut our lawn or build that thing, whether I'm service or product, what's the minimum amount I need in order to get the job done? So Mm -hmm. I'm going to apply lean concepts to it. And I'm going to do a workflow. And I'm going to take every step of the process and say, do we really need it? And are we, do we have some nice to haves in there instead of must haves in there. Right. Uh, And I want to get rid of those as much as I can. And I'm going in a very specific sequence um, because uh, you'll see when I get to the end, then we're going to go to our fixed overheads. We're going to do our fixed overheads next. All right. Because we don't want to scale down too quickly or impulsively only to have to scale up back up and have that be very expensive for us. Mm -hmm. So, I'm going to then look at my fixed costs. What are they? Do I really need every aspect of the security plan for our building? Do I have to have that Mac Daddy email system? Do I need a gazillion terabytes of storage when I only use a half a terabyte? You know, <laughs> look at those and just what do you need to get by right now and go with those. And then you go down to your management or manager's salary. Okay, we we look to shrink the managers last. And the reason why we do that is we can repurpose them. We don't want to get rid of them first, because if we need someone to pick up the phone and make a sale or go, you know, clean the bathroom. That's why we we use our managers for that. So I'm going to go in that sequence, Candy, because that gives me the best ability to scale down and then ramp back up without doing any permanent damage or overpaying in either cycle. And as a general rule of thumb, forevermore after you do this exercise, you want to get as much of your costs into variable costs as possible, mm-hmm. as many variable, because that makes you nimble. Right. Right. Well, that's great advice. I mean, it's definitely a lot of information and thankfully this is recorded so people can go back and listen, you know, and go through those steps again. If you were, uh, you know. if you were feverishly writing notes, just hit pause Take a moment, rewind a little bit, yeah, go back, go back to that sequence for sure. 
Right. And if you're listening to it when it's airing live for the first episode, just know after this is aired, you can go back and listen to it again. No problem. uh, Okay. So some businesses would be tempted, you know, just to lock their doors and write out the storm. So, you know, what would you talk to them about in terms of your approach? Yeah. Invisible now means invisible later. Um, during, during downtimes, and I understand there's seasonality in every business, no matter who you are, there's some seasonality and, and you might just say, listen, is it really worth it? We're killing ourselves to make almost no revenue, almost no, uh, margin, almost no profit. Is it even worth it? And I got to tell you, I'm from New Jersey eight years ago. Um, we had Superstorm Sandy hit our state in a big way. I mean, 8 million people overnight. Two million people were out of power immediately, right? And um, and and where I live, I live out in the northwest part of the state, where it's very you know wooded, uh, sorry, tree lined roads, overhead wires, and I live on a fourteen mile country road, and it's six miles to seven miles in from the nearest highway. The storm ripped right through where I live, knocked trees down on the power lines, and you had to drive almost like an S to get down the road. It took mm. two weeks before they could even get down the road and, and, and put power back up, let alone return to normal life. Well, there was this one guy, uh, Mario. Mario owned Mario's Pizza on, on the road that I lived on. And, you know, he was in the same boat. Um, but here's what Mario did. Every day, Mario, first off, he went out and bought a generator, a plug-in mm. generator. And every night at two o'clock in the morning, he drove all the way to New York State because in New Jersey, there's plenty of gas at the gas stations, but there was no electric to pump them into your car. So mm-hmm. we all had to drive out of state to get fuel. He drove every night with cans of gas in his car, just like every one of us, drove all, two o'clock in the morning, came back, had enough fuel for one day to fuel his generator. And he, with what with whatever, materi- whatever uh, materials he could get his hands on, ingredients, he would make whatever he could that day. All right. Now, some people couldn't get back. Some people were stuck in their homes. But Mario's became the place you went for a slice of pizza, you know, and and you would always bump into people in the neighborhood. And he was open every day. And, you know, nobody forgot that. Everybody Mm -hmm. said, you know what? He at least tried. Some days you got pizza with no cheese. Some days you couldn't get. (laughs) But he had he had flour, tomato sauce and enough stuff to make pizzas, sandwiches, salads, whatever. He would run out of stuff regularly because you couldn't get a delivery. He'd have to run Mm -hmm. out and go get it during breaks. But everybody remembered Mario. During a crisis, you have to stay as visible as possible to your customers. You have to do everything in your power to be open. Okay. If, If you go to a skeleton crew, you know, if you're in business, you're in business. If you're out of business, then get out of business. But there is mm-hmm. no such thing as I'm closing the doors. We'll see you later. Mm-hmm. No way, no how. Because that's that's suicide. You know, you're adding to the crisis and you're putting more on you. A crisis is a great time to demonstrate to your marketplace just how committed you are to them and whether everyone's in, involved in the crisis or the clients are involved in the crisis or you are, the effort goes a long way. Well, what I like about that story that you just shared too is, you know, he could have thought, well, I can't make, you know, my same pizza, so I just can't do it and, you know, not done anything. But what he did is just do, you know, he did what he could and people still appreciated the effort that he was putting forth. So yeah, it may not have had all the same ingredients and, you know, his specials or whatever, but he was doing what he could to continue to provide something, a benefit, you know. Well, as a matter of fact, and no one would have blamed them for being shut down because everyone else was. There was not Mm -hmm. another business on our road that was open. So no one would have faulted them. Oh, man, you know, because we all knew what it was like. We were all landlocked in or out. But again, everyone knew for him to be open. Everyone knew exactly what it took. And out in his front parking lot was this beautiful spanking brand new generator, beautiful new gas cans. Everyone knew he just bought the generator. Everyone Mm -hmm. knew he just bought the extension cords in the gas. Like you could tell he just ran out and did that for us. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, 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 and like I said, everyone was incredibly appreciative of the, of the effort. Right. And he just looked at his situation and said, what can I do? Did what he could to just still be able to operate. And, you know, he made it through this, that crisis. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was very well, very well done. Very well done on his part. Yeah. So just as a tip for all of us, 
you know, don't worry about perfection, you know, or it has to be the same right now. If we're, you know, still able to do something that is still necessary, keep doing what you can. Yeah. <laughs> right. No question so, about it. Exactly. Well, we're actually at the next break. Uh, so be sure to hang around to hear more from Carl Gold of Seven Stage Advisors about how to navigate through difficult times in business. We'll be right back after a brief commercial break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses, such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to BizHelp for You. If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abnp.com. That's media at abandp.com. Now, back to BizHelp for You. Welcome back to BizHelp for You with Candy Messer. Today, I'm chatting with Carl Gold of Seven Stage Advisors. Let's find out a bit more information from him on what to do when difficult times hit. So, Carl, what would you say the role of credit plays in managing a business during a crisis? Yeah, I, I you know, Candy, I, I remember when I was trained as a business advisor, um, I was so, I, I was an entrepreneur at the time, and um, I was a really young guy, and um, I, was, I was getting trained with all these very seasoned consultants, and I thought, wow business owners. Boy, they must be really sophisticated Hmm. when it comes to finance and how they use debt and credit. So I studied every different way you can finance equity, VC, angel, fund. And then I started working with business owners only to find out they were scared to death of it or they had antiquated uh, views of it and like, oh, I only do cash. I uh, know all that's bad debt. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I was shocked in the very beginning. And I realized how underdeveloped that skill set is um, in entrepreneurs. And so, um, especially in a crisis, your ability to use credit will be, um, is, a, is a huge um, skill set that you need to develop. We all need to develop that skill set. And we want to make sure that you can leverage any type of funding possible. So, so what that means is the use of credit comes in many forms. You could use credit cards. Okay, you can use unsecured business credit. There's personal credit. There are um, line. There's you know we mentioned refinancing a little bit earlier. There's um, owner or seller financing. So if you buy a building, you know sometimes a seller will allow you to pay them off over time. Your ability to be creative and when you buy assets or when you pay down your accounts payable to utilize credit. So for example. Anytime you can get yourself another 30 days, that's worthwhile. So if you have a credit card and it's got $20,000 limit on it and you have $20,000 cash in the bank and you have a $20,000 bill, 
All right, so everybody follow that. Mm-hmm. I have a $20,000 credit card, $20,000 cash in the bank, and a $20,000 bill. All right, so first thing I would do is I would say, when do I absolutely have to pay that bill? And I would, and accounts in accounts payable, you try to pay the last possible day, so you can hold on to the to it as long as you want. And so, if if I have 30 days to pay that bill, I'm going to take 30 days, but I'm not going to write the check out of my account. I'm going to go to my credit card and say, what is the statement date that you know the the you know when does the statement when it the, closes. The period mm-hmm. and it closes and then and I get my statement and then and then I'm ready. I get the bill. So I'm going to go to the day of or the day before, and I'm going to put it on that credit card because by the time it hits, it'll go on the next statement day, or I'll take the first day of the next statement day to be safe, right? What, what that means is it won't show up on my bill for another 30 days, and then I'll have another 30 days to pay it. So I have used credit to my advantage, a little bit of being clever, but I'm mm-hmm. also using credit to my advantage to give myself 90 days before I have to spend that 20000 that's sitting in my bank account. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm also going to look at any lines of credit and I'm going to maximize any line of credit that I have. Because if I get into a crisis and I go to apply for credit and I show the bank or the lending institution or the working capital company what my, what my um, financial condition is, I might not get approved. So whenever I'm pre-qualified, whenever I'm approved for an amount, I want to maximize that amount. I want to use and I want to use it. So rather than taking 20 grand and cash and paying down something, I'd rather put it on a credit card or on a line of credit, right? And then pay that off when it's due. And then I'm building my credit history. I'm building not only my credit score, but the bank says, wow, they put a lot of that money into play. They pay it off. They really, they, they know what the top strategies are. And when they see you using them, they're going, they're going to be much more agreeable to giving you credit over time. And mm-hmm. so we want to use, we want to use credit facility first, protect our cash, always pay it off on time, minimize your, your uh, interest expenses, of course. But if I have that option, I'm paying my credit, using my credit line or my credit card first and then paying it back. Now, right. you know, you know, in the old days, right, when I first started, I'll date myself a little bit. Um, I started my first business in the 80s. A credit card was 18%, 20%, 22%. It's crazy. Well, today, that's not the case. There's plenty of credit cards out there with 4 6 8%. And if you get charged, you get charged interest for one month, the difference might be 50 bucks instead of 20 bucks. I mean, we're, we're, because using a credit card is essentially a bridge loan, if you, even if you pay a little bit more in interest, it's still a low dollar amount. Now, I'm not sitting here advocating credit cards. That's not my, what the purpose today. But I'm just giving you an example is that in today's environment, borrowing is so inexpensive. The mm-hmm. money is so cheap. The debt service is so cheap. It's worth having it and using it because you protect your cash and make sure that you have at least six months worth of operating expenses in buying power. And I say that's cash plus lines of credit so that you can get through six months if you absolutely had to without in, un, without interrupting your business. So, right. you know, so there are other ones that we can continue to go into, but I would look at all ways that I could fund and don't dismiss the owner of whatever asset you're buying, be it real estate, be it a piece of equipment, be it machinery, um, you know, be it if you're buying another business, that they will hold the loan. You know, it's unsecured. You don't have to, uh, meaning it's not on your credit report. It's not going to affect you going for another loan and it'll allow you pay off over time through your cash flow. So. Right. So I would u- utilize that as much as possible. And what I try to tell people also is, you know, a lot of people think, you know, credit cards are bad. But I say, for one, if you also have a card that gives you cash back and then you apply that to your statement balance, you know, it reduces the cash you have to pay out. It's just you don't want to get where you can't afford to pay that off. And then you're carrying, you know, a lot of debt over time and then you're paying a lot in interest. So that's where you want to be careful. But using sure. it wisely is actually a smart money move. Right? Yeah. And, and if you and if you have a comp, if you have a business that where travel is involved or or the perks from that credit card gives you points that you can use back into the business that's another way that you get value back right exactly so so it can be very helpful not only just to help if you don't have the cash 
on hand at the moment, like you said, which is not ideal to use credit cards for, but what can you use it in terms of the benefits to help your business too? Right, right, right. So obviously crises are very stressful. So how does an owner keep their wits about them as they're trying to deal with what's going on? Yeah, this is tricky because in all of this, we've been talking about the mechanics and you know cash flow strategies. But one of the things that is not lost on me is that 60 to 80% of the net worth of an owner is typically wrapped up in their business. So when, during crisis, we can understand that you think the world is ending. Mm-hmm. You know, that, hey, listen, you know, everything I am, everything I've worked for is evaporating in front of my very eyes. And so we do understand that. And so that's why the longer view you have, the more you can stay out of the weeds and you can and you can stay with your vision. So what we recommend that you do is go back to your your purpose. Why did you get into this business in the first place? What was your what were you attempting to do? Who are you trying to serve? Who is ultimately going to benefit? Um, who are you going to become in the process and how will you evolve? Um, and, and, and what is it going to mean to you when you get through this time? Um, revisiting the why, the purpose, um, and what were your initial motivators will help you stay sane, will help you stay driven, will help you feed your energy and, and, and keep you on, on track as you are you know, attempting to turn your business around or make it through a tough time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's important because I think right now there's a lot of fear you know, that's going on and am I going to survive this? And it's, you know, impacting a lot of people where sometimes crises, you know, are not as widespread as what we're dealing with right now. You know, it might be a certain industry or, you know, if there was like a tornado that hit a certain area, you know, a disaster could be in one area. We're seeing this globally now. So it's something that we've never really lived with something like this before. So I know there's just a lot of fear of what's going to happen. Am I going to be in business, you know, next week, next month, next year? Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And 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 you you made a good point because in most cases a crisis is temporary. You can typically get out of it in months, not years, but months. And um and as long as you put the the disciplines back into the business, you make sure you don't repeat the pro- you don't repeat the problem. Mhm. Exactly. So, obviously crises could wreak havoc on a culture of a business. And how would someone maintain the morale and keep their team focused through a crisis if they have employees or others working with them? Yeah, so not only do you have you need to keep your head straight, you have to keep the the heads of your of your team going at the same time. And morale is a huge issue because during crises, there is uncertainty, and uncertainty is very unnerving to people. And so you can provide certainty by just being open and honest. Mm-hmm. Here's the situation. Here's what we're doing. Here's my plan. We do plan on making it through. Here's what we're going to look like on the other side. And when you lay out your forecast, you can share with them. Here is the plan, folks. And, and we will get through this, and that's our plan to fight this every step of the way. And um, that you that in almost all cases, there's always going to be somewhere people just they don't care and they're out of there. But mm-hmm. if you let them know, here's what we're working through. Every company goes through challenges from time to time, mm-hmm. you know. So it's not like if you go to another company, they're never going to have a problem. We all have problems, right? So if you're upfront with them, that that will help galvanize the team. And a lot of times, these times of stress actually bring companies together. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah, because they're you know, being more cohesive and just really helping each other make it through what's happening. And so I I think it does really help as long as you are communicating. If you're, you know, not really sharing because you're afraid the employees are going to leave, you know, maybe find something else if possible, you know, then that's not helpful. But having an open conversation is, you know, ideal. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So we're coming close to the end of the show, and I'm sure you have uh, something you'd love to share with our listeners. So can you talk about, you know, kind of services that you might be wanting to offer to the listeners? Sure. Well, we have a uh, we have a number of ways that we help our clients. Uh, we have a uh, I founded something called the Seven Stage Growth Academy, where um, companies come and they they come visit with our expert uh, uh, training team and advisory team twice a year in New Jersey. We do it in February and October. And um, and they can come and learn from experts how to grow and accelerate the growth of their business. But one of the things that you could do right away, and it's a free offering to all of your listeners, is go to Carl 
gold.com or sevenstageadvisors.com and um, take our business analysis. It's a live session with a growth advisor. Go to the contact us page. Just send me a note saying, I want to take the business analysis and we'll set you up for a two, up to a two hour session with one of our growth advisors to show you how you can bring your business through the time that you're in right now. Wow, that's a great offer. And so why don't you spell your name? Because you said to go to your name, Carl Gold. But just in case someone doesn't know how to spell that, why don't you go ahead and do that? Mm -hmm. Right. So C-A-R-L-G-O-U-L-D, carlgould.com, C-A-R-L-G-O-U-L-D. Perfect. And I mean, we've had so much information that we've been covering. And I think this is great that you're going to have this business analysis even for people to you know be able to access so i know you just gave your website do you have uh, any social media or phone number any other contact information that you would like to share yeah so um, i'm very easy to find on the internet so uh facebook uh facebook twitter and instagram carl gould um as well as youtube i i have a micro podcast called the hashtag seven zero seventy second ceo where i give a tip every day for a minute and 10 seconds what's the tip of the day so you know exactly what you should be thinking about this day so you can find me there wow great well i know this has been a lot of information that we're putting you know briefly into this one hour show that we have i know there's a lot more information that people can you know end up following up with you and getting more tips and, um, you know, tricks and things like that. So I want to thank you, Carl, for actually being a guest on my show today and sharing the information. Um, You know, I really appreciate your taking the time to be here. Well, thank you so much. And thanks for allowing me to be part of your show. It's been a lot of fun. So, and I do want to thank all the listeners for joining us today. Uh, I hope you found this topic interesting and it answered some questions about how to operate your business in a crisis. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Carl at any of the links that he shared, or you can send us a message at media at abandp.com. And would you please share our show information with those you know? I'd really appreciate your support. And I know this topic is very timely for many entrepreneurs, and so they would probably love to have this uh, information as well. Next week's topic is how to become your business's source of working capital. I hope you can join us for this presentation. And please remember you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is www.abnp.com. Links can be found on my Voice America page. Remember to tune in each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And if you can't join us for the live show, you can find the episode saved on the business channel on www.voiceamerica.com or find the podcast posted on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week. Thank you for listening to BizHelp for You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a terrific week.